because it was the most successful weekend the UFC has had in several years for multiple reasons, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage, but it is harder to get Joe Rogan to sit next to you. We will admit that. This is the banner episode. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you before we say hello to Tim Spriggs? Because I have like 50 fighter etiquette questions for him, but mm. I want to ask you how you are first. Uh, thank you for asking about my foot. It's fine. Perfect. And mm. Jerry O'Connell's fat shaming you, or did he not know you were eating? No. I would okay. never take oh, that God. picture and post it. That's <laughs> <laughs> of my friend Raph just like okay. going... We as intensely into a burrito bowl. I wish someone would look at me the way you were looking at that food. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, normally we don't bring up too much work stuff here. But hey, kids, if you're in one of these great markets known as the big markets and you see a show called Pictionary, you should fucking watch it because you're friends. What I can tell you is, is that Jerry O'Connell in between takes, we uh, we had lunch and it's out in the blistering sun and when you're in a dark studio for a long period of time and then you step outside of that studio, your eyes go through a big adjustment of like, oh, fuck. Now my eyes hurt. And what does our production staff do in terms of seating? They have you stare at a giant white wall the entire time. Oh. So I turn my chair away from it while still in the sun and desperately hungry. And Jerry O'Connell is our host. He's a very nice human being. He takes a selfie and it looks like I am the fattest kid because I have turned my chair. I'm not paying attention to anybody and I'm just shoveling tacos into my mouth. Yeah. I laughed profusely. And I have to I have to thank my best friend Bobby who was so good at finding me in that photo. It is not like I'm tagged. You can just tell it's me cuz giant head and, you know, brown. But when Bobby goes hilarious this is raf i go dude how the fuck did you find me so yes that is that is a very good way of saying it. so anyway watch pictionary um here's what i can tell you conor mcgregor went out not like a champ so i think it's time that we bring on somebody who might help us kind of understand what it's like when something like that happens in a high profile combat sport tim spriggs when you see Somebody like Conor McGregor throwing a tantrum while sitting on the floor. What is the first thing that goes through your head? What a little bitch. <laughs> what a little crybaby. Like, I'd expect that from a kindergartner on field day to throw a temper tantrum after they lost. Maybe, you know, it was a very rigorous game of tug of war. But for you to just get soundly beaten and break your own foot in the process... And just throw a temper tantrum like that. It's just, it, 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 it just seems as though Conor McGregor has a very moist spirit. <laughs> <laughs> the very succinct way of putting it. Kevin, you're watching it. Were you surprised by this? Desperately, for one. I Okay, can I tell you beat by beat what I was most surprised by? One, Joe Rogan sitting down next to him. Yeah. was like, I thought it was in his rider he wouldn't sit down ever. And he's been big on like, I'm not going to interview a fighter when they've been concussed. And then he does it anyway. What about when they're in shock from breaking their own ankle in four places? Like, I Not my Me finest thought. moment, 
Like what? Foot. And then he's like, you know who I should talk to? The guy who's threatening that this guy. Screaming Irishman who's in he was we can normally understand what Conor McGregor's yelling. Oh my God. Kind of. There was no understanding a word of what he was screaming. And that last <laughs> shrill he let out in pain, that was my question for Tim. Tim, have you ever beaten someone fucking aggressively and they're chirping at you as your hand is being raised? Never. Never. That's that's a first. You've beaten a lot of assholes. That surprises me. <laughs> yeah, I have, but I just have never seen someone just so full of themselves that they try to take the moment from someone after they've just been... He's crippled now. He like, couldn't for a walk. While. He fell down with a face. So to hear him screaming just aggressions. But that was my other question, Tim, afterwards. And Raph's alluded to it. And I think Connor realized it when he woke up from his amnesia high. Like, oh, shit. Has he taken it too far? Do people talk like that when you're just in normal combat sports? Like you just talk about his wife. I mean, that's kind of Connor 101. If anything, that was kind of muted. Did you think it was too far? I think a lot of the things that he's done has been too far. But you know that book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, where like you just let somebody slide with things over time and it just becomes more grandiose. I mean, the guy almost blinded someone with glass by throwing a dolly through a bus window. He's been arrested in a foreign country and it was allowed to let slide. I mean, the guy says very inflammatory things, does a lot. Of, I mean, he beat the, the, the last time he really won a fight cleanly. Like he only can win fights against old guys, you know, like that old guy in the bar or Donald Cerrone. And he's still allowed to just get these big fights just because he says outlandish things. It's just very disappointing, actually. You know, all jokes aside, like he's just been allowed to do all this crazy stuff for so long that I'm not surprised. If you let somebody get away with these things, they're going to continue to do it. And since that fight did so well financially, he's probably going to get another big fight. <laughs> well, Raph, how long is it going to be before we see him get that big fight? 18 months? You think that long? You saw what I saw. He's not young. He's had a lot of problems on those legs. I, I think it's a year to 18 months before he steps foot in a cage. If he ever does. I think he should do celebrity boxing because the fight game has passed him by. That was my only takeaway. It was like he wasn't winning this fight. He was desperately pulling a guillotine that was sad. I mean, well, give us your breakdown. I, I did ask Raph. I don't know if you're muted or ignoring us, Raph, to Jerry O'Connell text. That's a little shot from, from me to you. But for me, that was the worst sign of the entire match, whatever that guillotine thing was. Tim, your thoughts before I try and call Raph back. I think guillotines like that are just kind of a – last gasp of i'm going down please like that's just a hail mary you know uh as someone that's choked out plenty of people with a guillotine i i can see a hail mary i don't know what i'm doing i'm in trouble guillotine as opposed to a i've drilled this a bunch of times this is my technique i'm going to kill you with this and it was very desperate and for a guy that says that 
she, like grappling doesn't count or he only counts fights in which he's been knocked out. <laughs> he sure goes to the grappling when things get tight, you know. <laughs> he becomes he becomes a division 1 wrestler out of the blue. <laughs> you know, I want to bring this up Kevin because you know who's really pissed that they interviewed Conor McGregor. Who? His coach, Kavanaugh. So really? John was interviewed and he said, he's like, man, I'm really pissed at Joe Rogan putting a microphone in front of a man who's been injured like that. I mean, his endorphins, everything, it's going crazy. What do you expect from him? And I go, uh, sure. Okay. But also normally the crazy man on the floor isn't threatening a wife. Now there's some weird discrepancy. <laughs> normally here. not. I mean, we're not going to blanket statement, but normally. I think everybody's talking about the fact that the wife got brought up and credit to Mrs. Poirier because the middle finger in there was a nice touch and it made us all a fan. I would say this though. It is very difficult to find the line in a combat sport. It is why so many people are like, eh, you know, it comes with the territory. And even Dustin Poirier in his post presser, when he was interviewed was asked like, Hey, how's the wife handling it? He's like, ah, she's a rock. She's great. No big deal. Twenty they, minutes they later, they do live in New Orleans. I mean, it's like fifth worst thing she's heard this week. I'm just imagining. Go ahead. Twenty minutes later, when they ask him, like, "How are you able to put up with all of this with Connor talking and running his mouth?" He goes, "I mean, I got to be honest. Uh, yesterday, when he was talking about my wife and my DMs, uh, really got to my wife." And I go, "Well, okay, maybe it does start to seep in, but when he was on the ground." He was saying something like, in your sleep, you're dead. And there's a discrepancy on if people are saying you and your missus, because, again, subtitles were necessary. They put out a quotation from, I think it's MMA Junkie or MMA Fighting, where they transcribed what Connor said. I don't think that actually was it, because I listened to that thing several times when he was on the ground, and it still could not make out heads or tails on what it is. Having said that, Tim, do you want to see this a fourth time? Absolutely, positively not. <laughs> okay? I don't want to see this. The only way I want to see this is if it's a street fight, a Mardi Gras, and it's Dustin Poirier versus Connor in a street fight, no security, which will probably happen after all that. I'm going to kill you in your sleep talk. But no, I'm not interested in seeing that. I don't want to see Conor McGregor fight in a cage anymore. I'm tired of the whole circus that he brings about. I'm tired of his groupie fans, his male groupie fans. I mean, they're worse than the Barb's. They're worse than Beyonce fans. I mean, they are just <laughs> the beehive. The, Be careful. Oh well, well, I guess it's worse than no. You're on. You're on the right page. They're way worse. They're way worse. But like they're right, the worst the because they're like men groveling after another man, and that's just <laughs> it. Just affects my sensibilities in a way I, I can't even describe right now. Uh, we're simpatico. <laughs> it's not like in grappling we have any of those kind of fans. So it's a good thing that well, or the Gordon fans aside, Raph. Wow, Kevin. Really spelled that one out. Anyway. They're more sad. Like, the Gore fans are more sad because it's like a niche. And it's a niche sport. And there's no media attention. That's even more sad. Yeah. I, the only thing I tell people is, like, listen, have your influence, have your clout, whatever. But 
if you had a bad experience at a Denny's and you're getting your beehive to go after that Denny's, chill the fuck out. Like, what the fuck are any of you guys doing? Wait, wait, you that actually happened? No, no, nah, nah, it's not a Denny's. It's, I think he's had people leave bad reviews at a gym that treated him badly or whatever. And that's the kind of negative influence that I think, that's not great. Oh Let's not God. do that. And then it takes me a second step to go, how much time do you have to leave a review that's like, don't you ever forget to give the towel to the champ? Disrespect, one star, would not recommend. Like, uh, that to me, there's a logical problem with any of that. I would say this. When he's sitting there on the floor and Joe goes to interview him, great. Understand it. The thing of television dreams. This thing is probably going to sell about 1.8 million pay-per-views, which is the reason why I ask if you want to see this again. Kevin and I are on the record. After Dustin won fight number two, we kind of already knew how this is going to go. Connor's not the same Connor. Everybody talks about he hasn't won really a significant fight within the past five years, except for Donald Cerrone, who is also kind of on his way out. Yeah, we're all we were all excited about it at the time, and now we're like, well, is Donald done too? Double sadness, but, but still. But we're at a point where we're thinking, how did Connor even find his way back into a title contention? And it's based off of names. And yet, when Connor was sitting there on the floor. Had it been any other person, I might have been like, that person's not well in the head. But there is a marketing inherentness of this that makes me go, fuck. He's selling the fourth fight, and we're probably going to get it. And guess what? When they were backstage, Dana White, yeah, you got to do that. You know, that fight didn't end the way it should have. I was like, oh, God, ka-ching. And the fucking Dana back sounded back. like Connor's press secretary. It was crazy. <laughs> it was just everything about, like, you know, he was saying some pretty inflammatory things about his wife. Oh, I could I couldn't hear it. It's like, okay, well, I'm telling you as a member of the press and someone staring at it, he was saying it's pretty intimate. Well, that's not okay. Go on. Next well, question. And it was just like, okay, well, what about the fact that he died? Do you think it was because he stepped on it wrong or he got his kick checked? It's like, oh, his kick check had nothing to do with it. It's a fluke accident. Barely even a stoppage. It was like, what the fuck fight were you watching, man? They tried to even ask well, him, well, he was taking some punches. It's like, was he? You'd have to ask him. Didn't see him. It's like, w- were you watching, Dana? <laughs> like, were you you were there, right? I think the idea that there was going to be something that we were going to see spectacularly done in the second round is asking a lot. So I would tell you this. It is very sad to see this person become this big of a punchline because he did captivate us for so long. <laughs> and then it really makes you take stock of, yeah, that was kind of racist. Yeah, that's that's assault. Um, sexual assault, possibly. Uh, you know, oh, oh there's assault again. Another member of the elderly community. That's bizarre. You don't see that with a lot of fighters. And you just think to yourself, this man is the number one moneymaker in all of sports. And yet, it's exhausting. And yet, the reason why I asked him if he would like to see it again, of course, is that even Dustin was like, yeah, we'll fight, even if it's not inside the cage. You don't tell somebody you're going to kill them and then expect anything good to come of it. So, Well, I have one more super high-level black belt question for Tim. Please. Mm-hmm. Tim, what's more embarrassing, screaming from your ass because you can't physically get up <laughs> that you'll fight someone, or the guillotine attempt? Which do mm-hmm. you find personally more embarrassing? 
the guillotine attempt is bad, but at least you're kind of trying to defend yourself. But if you're on the ground screaming, like you're completely defenseless and you look like an idiot because you had all that opportunity to whoop his ass and then you're just can't do nothing about it now. Like you, you like the talking's done. Like you could have talked before the fight. You could have called talk during it, but now the fight's over and you're incapacitated. It was like Monty Python in the Holy grail with a guy who got his arms and legs cut off. I posted the meme on my Instagram, by the way, and it's very pathetic. And it's, it's so, it's like funny. Like if you go for a guillotine, like you're fighting, there's no real joke about it. Like a uh, a black belt will laugh at it, like ha 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 ha. That's a blue belt move. But no, like the whole world is laughing at you because you can't do anything. Like that's the, you're a joke now. <laughs> no, right now he can go. It's the funny part about the whole Connor trajectory is before like, he was Teflon. Like he could go to a press conference and he could just laugh at everybody, like hi, I'm richer than you, and I'm knocking everybody out. But now he's a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, pink suit guy made fun of him. And he had no response. He's like, you're a joke now, Connor. You're a meme. That's true. And Raph, even your worse. meme work, though. Hold on. I want to oh, give a little credit you. where credit's due. I was laughing at memes for almost 44 minutes after the fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I was having a delightful time. I had been overserved on whiskey. There was some edibles at play. You're... Uh, <laughs> If you're not familiar with the Chappelle show, there's some pretty great Rick James sketches from the viewpoint of Charlie Murphy. Well, one of them is after his legs get busted and him crawling out, still talking shit back. It's like, that's the only thing I can equate this to. I've never seen someone so aggressively incapacitated to be like, ah, fuck you and your whole family. I mean, your DMs. Don't worry about me ankle. I'll have somebody carry me. And then it took me down Martin Short's character from Arrested Development when he's like, I lost the use of my legs. So I hired this guy to carry me. It's like, we're going to see Connor like in the hands of Greg Hardy with a Bane oh, mask on next. Like That's going to be how they arrive at the next UFC. It's like, I don't believe in wheelchairs. So he's carrying me. <laughs> Swoop me. You know, I want to bring this up because... I did see other people do that meme, and it, it happens. There's parallel development whenever you you do something creative, and and I'm very fine with it. The trick is, is that most people just cut the scene as is. But I was like, no, like first of all, Connor shouldn't be saying the N word, and he might have. Let's just hope that footage doesn't exist and find its way out, so that doesn't pertain to anything. You look at the the joke, and I go, the punchline should be. Cocaine is a hell of a drug because in this case, the metaphor probably very true. So I think the magic is in the cutting. The other one that it reminded me of, of Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man sitting down, having a press conference. I kind of had that vibes. We did a cut of that. It played okay. But honestly, I've just never seen anything in combat sports where a person, a notable character is losing like an evil villain and then is almost just short of screaming out, I will never give my comeuppance. This will never end. Like, it's just the hero walks away and just laughs and then takes their wife out and goes to a press conference and end of movie. So that to me was, I think it was sad to meme it, but then also just all of us enjoying like, you know what, dude? Maybe you shouldn't do this anymore. 
maybe you don't need to do it anymore. You got money. And I have the feeling we're not done seeing him. So we'll see where that story goes. Can I say something about Shoeys real quick? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm curious again if anyone on the call's ever done one. We'll get to that question, question after every two of us awesome fight. Tim, have you done a shoey yet? I don't want foot and mouth disease, so no. Ditto. Okay. Yeah, we're all hard pass on this. I've tried to come up with an American version with like a new shoe and a piece of American cheese, but it just sounds grosser. So with Dustin Poirier having some hot sauce, I want to preface this statement with a I do not condone any kind of roofing or any kind of spiking of any kind of drinks. However, if you're doing a shoey and somebody puts some hot sauce in there, you can't look at that person like, how did you do that? Why did you do that? Because you have chosen to actually do the shoey. I also want to say this to Press Row. If you are a reporter asking questions about shoey after the second question, done. Turn in your media credentials. We do not need any more questions. There was one gentleman who was asking every single person, do you think we can make a shoey like a tradition? And they asked that to Dana and goes, I mean, isn't it kind of? I mean... You just told me, why can't we do that? I mean, uh, I'm not going to make people do shoeys. Like, what the fuck, man? Here's what I want to say. Tai Tuivasa definitely has moments to celebrate. Did you see the knockout, Tim? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. What was your first thought when you saw Greg Hardy get knocked the fuck out? He's got CTE from two different sports. Kevin, when you see Greg Hardy struggling on the side, is it cathartic in some way? Not as much as I would think. I always mm -hmm. think about that. You know, you're like, oh, will we get his comeuppance? You no. Know, uh, one, he did not. I don't know if he deserved this fight, but I do like that he's become the UFC's version of people want to see that guy get punched, right? Fucking put him out there. And he's doing okay. Greg Hardy is... I, I, I don't exactly remember watching him beat someone good. I've watched him be competitive. So to rise the ranks to co-main event was a little shocking, I thought. But then to watch his opponent do not one, but two, but four shoeys before he left the greater area of the Las Vegas arena... <laughs> Thought, you know, fuck it. Maybe that's exactly who he should be fighting. Punched in the chest, basically. Just knocked yeah. out via chest and neck. But no, I don't find the satisfaction watching Greg Hardy knocked out that I thought I would. I'm just always surprised to see him thriving in sports. Let's explain something, though, real quick, which is this. That happens. It's weird. You know, we kind of all celebrate it. In the post-presser, they talk about Greg Hardy and his place in the UFC. Dana's response? Yeah, I don't know what else we can do with that guy. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe he's not here anymore. I don't like think of was. Whoa! Damn dude. Ow! Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's not even conscious yet. And Dana's like, <laughs> "Well, we'll just spoon feed him back to the little cards," you know. Greg Hardy was never my friend, anyway. End sentence. <laughs> um, I will tell you this, though. I really do feel that Taitu Vasa delivered 
And I thought that was great to see. Let's talk about a co-main event. Now, listen. You were right in saying that Stephen Thompson was not going to win here, Tim. So you do get that part right. Yeah, yes. Um, but this was kind of a spectacularly boring fight. <sighs> Kevin, did you watch any of that? Watch the whole thing. Also, okay. disagree, Scoach. I oh, didn't no. have a problem with no. this fight. When I was a little shocked when everybody was like, that fight <laughs> sucked. I was like, I don't know. Gilbert was doing some things. He took this high-level striker down. Steven Thompson's wandering around doing his karate shit like he normally does, except it never mm-hmm. fucking works. He's always on his back, <laughs> getting goddamn tackled and getting goddamn pressured. So for me, it was the fifth fight in a row where it's like, boy, if Steven Thompson could just get up, it's like, yeah, well, he should try a different sport because MMA is brutal on these people. They keep putting him with high-level grapplers. Not going to go well. Um I was most disappointed that Dana shit right all over this fight, considering his prize boy couldn't even keep his ankle together for two rounds. That he wasn't like, hey, there was at least one exciting round in the fight, right? Because tied to Yavasa ends within 30 seconds. He just beats the shit mm-hmm. out of Greg Hardy. Poirier McGregor was one round of really exciting action. That's almost six minutes. You can ask the ladies of the crowd. No one's impressed by the time there. Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson is at least an exciting fight. So, yeah, I was in. I was good with it. And I always kind of like those matches when it's like Gilbert Burns has no ability to strike with Stephen Thompson. So my ultimate question is, does this stupid hobby we spend our time doing lend our lend a little extra here? And it did. Gilbert, Gilbert fat purple belt hit his ass into a title <laughs> shot. Take that. He skipped warm-ups, motherfuckers. He just arrived right there. Tim, when you see somebody that you have said is not a nice human being or is playing it up, and I can see that. I understand that. I see through most people. The difference is, do I call them on it all the time? That really depends on my mood that day. (laughs) But you see a little bit extra in uh, one uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is it satisfying to see him lose as well? Or are you at a place where you just go like, I don't even care. You know, I just let that kind of hate in my heart leave a long time ago, (laughs) but I really don't look forward to like two or three months when there's a log jam at welterweight and he's going to come back like the cicadas every so often and (laughs) just say, you know, I'm the most exciting guy in the division. Like I didn't really lose. Like I could knock all these guys out. Like I want a title shot. And I'm like, bro, like, whenever you fight top five competition, you lose or are beaten half to death or you have a really boring fight. Like, you cannot get title shots just because, oh, I did this karate stuff on a little cage 10 years ago and I can do spinny stuff. I'm like a Power Ranger, so I can beat anybody <laughs> as long as they don't have a blue belt level of grappling or they have boxing. So, no, no I don't hate them, but... I just am really looking forward to the day where people can just give it a rest and say, bro, just do like a Kung Fu movie or like be one of the new Power Rangers, you know? You putting that image of him being a Power Ranger is not going to get out of my brain. Mine either. He would be good, wouldn't he? You've really, you've, you've casted well here. That's gonna, yes. It's going to fester. It's a good reboot, especially if he looks like the really old teenager kid that's like, Guys, we gotta get back to study hall. And you're like, you, you're 90 years old compared Cross to these other children. Yeah. 
I would say here's what I would like to kind of see for him. I think if anybody does bring up anything title contention wise, just because some shit gets fucked up, I think all you have to do is say, bro, Anthony Pettis knocked you out. I really I can't do that right now. Just given all things, I cannot put you in that contention. What I can do for you is say, let's give you some fun nonsense fights. And you know what? I think that's a way better way of doing it. Take him out of the title contention and just have him fight people for funsies. Because in the rare instances that those do work well, you know, they work. Did it work for Carlos Condit? No. But that got sad. And here's what I want to say about that, Kevin. Carlos Condit. Before you want to talk about the Boston zombie? All right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, that one might take a little bit. So I I might want to come back to that. But Carlos Condit, he has a heart. He has obviously skill. He's just not fun watching right now. And here I will explain why. As he was fighting... And he looked like he was kind of getting roughed up in that first round. All I could think of was like, dude, your response time isn't there. Like, shit, dude, I don't like watching you fight right now. He fights his way back. It's kind of thrilling for maybe a half of a round. But I find myself more concerned than enthralled. And those fights don't necessarily necessitate me wanting to see more of them. You are a huge Carlos Condit fan. What make you of his performance? Sadness. No. I I had a whole defense built up and then I looked in the mirror and was like, who are you lying to? (laughs) It's tough. You should should get that mirror for one Conor McGregor. It looks like it looks, um, you know, when you're playing Mortal Kombat and the players Mm -hmm. do the move that they do anyway, like they're just like bobbing back and forth and your Mm. controller loses battery. And you're hitting triangle XX, <laughs> triangle XX, right one, and nothing's happening. That's how it feels with Carlos Condit. I feel like I'm watching it, but my PS4 battery controller just lost batteries. It's mm-hmm. kind of sad. It's like, but he's doing the thing he's supposed to do, like swing hit. No, damn it. Um, would I say this to you though, um, Tim? Do you think grappling would open up? To somebody like a Carlos Condit, because he did have that submission underground sort of little thing that he was doing, and it seems like Chael seems friendly to him. Would you be willing to see him in some grappling? Unfortunately, no. Mm. And it's not a diss, but I will say that a lot of times, <laughs> see, I always, it always sounds like I'm being disrespectful, but I'm actually being brutally honest, which, you know, it might hurt some feelings, but screw it. I feel as though a lot of times when MMA fighters decide to go into grappling, either one, they don't respect it and they just think it's like a fun little game, or two, they've run out of options because the consequences of you losing in jiu-jitsu are not as dire as, say, MMA. If I want to see someone grapple, if I want to spend my hard-earned money, I want to see somebody that's great at grappling you know what i mean and vice versa for mma you know if i want to see a mma fight i would want to see a guy that's a high level fighter you know because otherwise you'd have situations like ryan hall trying to fight you know and it's <laughs> and it's not the same you know some people belong in their lane now of course i think he would be a good addition to a card but as a main event of a grappling card no as a side attraction 
kind of like a uh, old timers day for fighters because MMA doesn't have an old timers day as we saw with this yeah. fight. Yeah. Uh, but you know, kind of like a legacy league or kind of like how they had that three on three league run by Ice Cube, the big, the big three. That could be what he could do in the grappling world, but I don't God. think I'd be interested in seeing him grapple. Sorry. God. What an idea. What an idea of trying to sell Ice counter? Cube on grappling. Can you hurts. think about that for a second? Well, I'll let you counter, but I'm just stuck on this idea. I am in on Ice Really Cube trying grappling. to, one, asking Ice Cube to understand what grappling is. Two, <laughs> saying, like, trust me, dude, some people might watch this. A lot of people, mm, some people might watch it, Ice Cube. He'll I hook that correct. motherfucker. It would be just such a great <laughs> thing to hear scrimmed. <laughs> it's a drive-by heel hook is what we start calling him now. Yes. I hear you. I understand you. You did signpost to another fight we will cover in a second, but Kevin's heart is breaking, and I have to give him time to respond. Kevin, what do you have to say? Come on. He takes the <laughs> MMA focus that's required to defend getting punched, to kick and punch, and he just focuses on, like, no-gi grappling? For a year, that's a cool thing to me because it doesn't take as much athleticism as MMA. doesn't take as much tackling and punishment, head, joint, knuckle-wise, as some grappling. And just preliminarily, if I saw a card that was like, hey, Tim Spriggs is fighting Carlos Cotter, I'd be like, are you fucking serious? Fascinating. I'm not saying you have to. Okay, DJ Jackson fighting Carlos Cotter. It's like, interesting. I would probably. John Combs is skinny ass is fighting Carlos <laughs> Scott. It's like, all right, I'm watching that. I'm, I'm not, not interested in that fight. I'm not <laughs> saying it has to be like at the IBJJF championship or ADCC, but if there's just a random grappling event where it's like, by the way, Carlos Condit is going to be having a full length match with Keenan. It's like, I mean, fine. Like, I, is it gi or no gi? It's like, there's no gi. It's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm watching. Here's something to consider, though. When you talk about him in that way, all I can think about is, eh, I don't know that we have to do this, you know? We don't have to. (laughs) Tim doesn't have to unretire from podcasting to fight, uh, you know, Terry Crews. But if the option (laughs) presented itself, that'd be fucking cool. (laughs) I think that's, that's a very fun match as well. I would say this, though. Devil's advocate, Kevin. When I saw Carlos Condit go for that heel hook and it was slowly done, and I say that respectfully, <laughs> I looked at it and I said, you know what? It Ra- counts. Raph, his controller doesn't have full battery. If I could just mm. talk to his corner and we could charge it up before he went in there. but you know. <laughs> um, Okay. Tim, you previewed this. Are you in the mindset of fuck around and find out? in terms of Ryan Hall? Or should we give some credence to the fact that apparently his hand broke at the beginning of that fight? Uh, I mean, maybe if his chin was broken, I would give him some bail. But since, you know, I I don't think his hand had anything to do with it. Mm. Because it's not like he strikes in his fights. Like, he does grab. I mean, okay. So he broke his hand. All right. Do you really think that would have made a difference? Oh, Do you really think it would have made a difference? I'm just, I'm sorry. There's just an element of hearing a Shana Twain song that has changed lyrics. It's like, okay, so you broke your hand. 
that, that don't, don't impress, impress me, me much. Uh, no, I, I get it. I just, there was a part of me that thought this, Tim, and I'll be honest with you. When you see somebody like him get knocked out, there was a bit of, oh, God. Hey, jujitsu guys, can we not for a while? Could we, you know, not try and spinning heel hook everybody? Just, just saying. I just, it would really make me happy if we didn't. And then finding out his hand was injured. I went through two different mindsets. The first was, oh, that's terrible. Maybe that impacted it. And then the second mindset being, would that really would have changed what I thought he would have done? That was the duplicity I had on that. I, I give that the same credence as I give Connor's excuses. At the end of the day, they're excuses. Okay? Because if he had won... He probably wouldn't have mentioned it, or he would have mentioned it like, and I did it with a broken hand. But I don't believe so. I think that with jujitsu guys, when they do in the MMA, they think it's 1998, and no one knows a heel hook <laughs> from a, a arm bar. You know what I mean? Like, guys don't take the time to actually learn the sport of MMA, as opposed to thinking, I'm a black belt in jujitsu. These guys can't do anything to me. It's 2021, guys. Like, just because you won a lot of tournaments back in the day does not mean that you are on the level of these gentlemen. Now, you can parlay your grappling experiences to being a star Mm -hmm. in the beginning. But at the end of the day, you got to go in the cage and show and prove. And he was already on Dana's shit list, I believe, because Dana doesn't like grappling anyway. So, no. At least he has a chain of schools, you know, that he's got that going for him. Sure. And <clears throat> the one thing I did kind of see from the jiu-jitsu community was an outpouring of sadness as if to say, like, oh, all of our hopes and dreams for leg-locking people. Hmm. And I just want to tell people. It wasn't that. a great jiu-jitsu night, communally. No. Like, well, it wasn't no, our best no. night. No. It oh. worked for Gilbert Burns, apparently. Not a, not so. according to his boss. It was like, that That's fucking wrestling. fight sucked. That fight oh, was terrible. I'm not, I'm not trying to have that conversation right now. Because you know what? I'm going off of the words of Gilbert Burns, and maybe it's a translation problem, but definitely during that post presser, he's like, and my jujitsu, it worked, and it was good, and I was beat because my, my jujitsu, and he tried to kick, and I jujitsu, and I go, sure, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. That sounds good for us tonight. Not a great night for us. The one thing I want to tell people is this. If you make it a desire to fight MMA, kudos to you. I would say if you are a jujitsu person at heart fighting MMA, just promise us you will not base the majority of your strategy on spinning up like Sonic the Hedgehog around the cage and looking for a heel hook. Ryan Hall is a little bit different. We've made an exception. He's grandfathered in. The rest of you, not having it. And please don't be disappointed by this in that sense. It should not be a loss for leg locks. That should not be your concern in MMA and fighting. Speaking of which, there was one good moment in jiu-jitsu. And that was at the very top of the card. Zagalas Zumilov ended up getting a submission that they initially called a front choke. And then it was kind of that guillotine choke. Tim, did you see this one by any chance? I did not catch that one, Raph. It's an interesting one. I'll see if I can send it to you later. But it's that weird microcosm of like, it looks like it's a really solid compression 
in terms of using the cage. Uh, Jerome Rivera was like, dude, I, I can't get out of it. Super pissed. Um, but they didn't know what to call it. So Joe Rogan just took a stab at it. He's like, yeah, it's a good front choke. And I go, actually, that's a smart thing to do. Let's just call it a front choke, everybody. When you have to announce it on a PA system and you don't know what it is, uh, what do you want to call that one? Front chokey thing? Yeah, we'll go with that. Sounds good. So I would encourage people to watch that one. Kevin, do you have any? Oh, I want to bring this up. Tim, Michelle Perea, your boy, who does all the fancy stuff. Yes. Had me a little concerned before the fight because going into the weigh-ins, he comes out high-fiving, looking at the crowd, and then starts doing backflips on the scale. And all I could think of was, oh, shit, that's Tim's pick. Like, I didn't even think about anything else other than, man, I wouldn't want you to lose because Dummy over here did a wrong backflip. Having said that, were you at all concerned for your picks over the weekend? Absolutely not. No, I think I had very sound logic for each of them. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say this and make sure you hear me the right way. What I've always appreciated about you is that you will say the opinions that are true to you. And I think that's important. So when I preface it with that, understand where I'm coming from with this statement. <laughs> if there is ever a jiu-jitsu live cast reading of The Lion King, I need you to play Scar. No questions <laughs> asked. I just need you to have that voice because I think you're the only person in jiu-jitsu who can pull that voice off. Oh, thanks, Raph. That means a lot. <laughs> you're welcome. Now, having said that, Kevin, do we have some results to go over? We do. You okay. know, while we were at a lock, for Yarby Gavis' Yazong because it didn't happen. I had Devaris. <laughs> we both were in a Pereira place despite that Nico Price backflip that nearly mm-hmm. uh, nailed in some I had Miss Aldana. You had Max Griffin. That one hurt. I'll write that to the Carlos Condit Club. You had the Burns. You rode the jiu-jitsu train most of the way to victory, except I had Maya. I told you, just having a Maya-like last name. We both lost with Giles. We both won with O'Malley. Only one of us won betting against Ryan Hall because I was worried about that broken hand. I had a moment. We both picked Tuya Vasa, which means we both owe no one a shoey. It's gross. They need to get their shit together over there in New mm, Zealand. Nah. Come up with a better thing. It's disturbing. Try beer pong or gun violence like we do here in the U.S. And then you <laughs> had Poirier and I had McGregor, but we came out to a 6 Six tie, and I take no pleasure in announcing the following: that in performance of the night, I had tied to Yavasa and you had O'Malley, and in fight of the night, I had McGregor Poirier and you had Tuivasa Hardy, because you are not wrong that O'Malley and Tuivasa would win awards. You just had them reversed, Tim Spriggs. Oh so no! So I win with Tuivasa <laughs> winning performance of the night. Oh, my goodness. And you, it's the most technical of technicalities because O'Malley won fight of the night with his fight with that British, that uh, Boston crazy person. And Toya Vasa won performance oh, of the, the night. that's we have to talk about. Good call. Thank you. The mass hole who <laughs> can't be defeated, the zombie, as well, the news has proclaimed him. But before that, Tim, 
tough tough beat. But this is gonna earn me major jujitsu credit on the mats at Onyx when I'm like beat up on Tim Spriggs last night. No one's gonna believe it was my jujitsu skills. You don't have to worry about. Oh that. my goodness. Technicality. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Hold on, Tim. I'm just gonna tell you this. In the IBJJF record books, a win by advantage is still a win. You oh know? my goodness. Nobody feels great about it, but Kevin <laughs> did when he finds out uh these sort of things, he did kind of run around taking off a gi. He didn't have one on. He just magically put that one on and ran around. Put it on, oh, took it off. Goodness. Yeah. Did he jump in the crowd too? He did. Uh, nobody caught him, though. That was an unfortunate part. Everybody kind of cleared <laughs> out. The crowd was in my mind. Thing. That was a miscalculation on my, my he had part. He a great jump. He was able to land. It was an okay out. jump. Just I did use the ladder. But, yeah, got up in there. <laughs> just, um, we'll get to what the bet is in a minute. Um, but we should return back to Sean O'Malley. My apologies. Here's what I'm going to say. Kevin, you mentioned this one. I know you wanted I've to I've never seen it. murder on, on pay-per-view <laughs> before. And it was the closest I thought I was going to get. I was like, this guy's going to be like, everyone's going to be like, he's so tough. Is he dead? D- is he dead? I'm so glad they stopped the fight. Uh, I wasn't glad they stopped the fight, and I'll tell you why. That fight could have been stopped multiple times, and yet it wasn't. And yet, with 30 seconds left to go, Herb Dean just goes, you know what? I've seen enough now. The dude could have had his hero exit and would have been just fine. I know a lot of people were talking to them like, oh, man, they saved him some brain damage on that one. Really? You think so? You really think at that moment the brain damage was really going to be protected at this point? Good Lord. What are people talking about when they said that this guy's going to be protected? I was like, dude, he doesn't remember two minutes ago. You think that's going to matter when he realizes, (laughs) oh, shit. (sighs) Thank God you guys stopped that. I would have forgotten kindergarten now. What I'm going to say is this. It's very impressive that he was in there and he pulled what I think is the closest I've ever seen to Homer Simpson getting punched profusely and tiring out the person because Sean O'Malley actually looked up at the clock multiple times. And yes, it was a differentium of like, say, almost 150, 200 significant strikes, which is not really seen too much in a fight. And yes, maybe, maybe this is a good indication we should not just pull people up out of nowhere and just make them fight randomly. If we don't have to, because we got plenty of other fighters. So anyway, here's some good news that I want to kind of give you kids who are listening. That kid, the Chris Matino, he ended up getting $75,000 as a bonus. So good for him. It's not all for naught. And yeah, maybe they'll have him come back. And yeah, it'll be great. But bad news again. Dana White did say that the $75,000 bonuses that were recently put in for just this particular event at UFC 264 are not permanent because it will fuck up our budget. Tim Spriggs, your response. As a great American once said, that's fake news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you actually brought up a good point. I'm telling you, there were so many fucking things that we forgot to talk about. Trump was there. We haven't even gotten to that. Oh, my God. (laughs) And before we went to air, I sent Kevin a video. Can you describe what you saw, Kevin? Yeah. You know when you're watching the scene from The Patriot where he moves his head and a sword goes by? It was like that. I got to watch decrepit Mel Gibson salute Donald Trump 
Now, I, I'm going to point out one of the most obvious features of this little interaction is that neither of them remember the military. So saluting is a highly unusual thing for either of them. But just when I think I can start to enjoy Mel Gibson's later career, right? The fat man, his Santa Claus interpretation on reality action drama. That's really all that comes to mind. I get slapped in the face with this bullshit. Just as I was like, Lethal Weapon 2 is underrated. Nope. Fuck you, Mel Gibson. Thanks for saluting someone. Despite never even being so much as in the Coast Guard. Here's the thing that I think you guys have overlooked. Mel Gibson is Australian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's Australian. He's mm-hmm. not from here. Mm-hmm. Wait. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I- How Australian? Doesn't have an Australian accent. Very. Have you seen Have you seen Mad Max? That was like his first movie. He is Australian. <laughs> He's Australian. I just. I mean, to be honest, though, I mean, what do you expect from a UFC fight? Fair. I mean, well, it is the UFC. Yeah, that's a bigger issue. Less they tried saluting, I guess, from a mediocre star who railed against Jewish anger. But I'm. I'm not getting past the fact that he's Australian does not give him the excuse he's had in America. It's like Chris, Chris Hemsworth's really, you know, good looking. Well, he's Australian. It's like, well, that's different. No, what I'm saying is like, why would you salute a guy from a country that you're not even from? That's like me going to, I guess, Australia and saluting oh, God, their prime you're, minister. You're bringing up an even greater point. That's that's a he's not American. <laughs> No, that's the point no. I'm trying to make. That's very strange. This is a lot I, to handle, Raph. I've had I'm sorry. Mel Gibson being un-American and still saluting someone. Maybe what's really also why your were head. his seats worse than Trump's? <laughs> that motherfucker was in the Patriot. I think that's part of the issue that you're having here is the movie that was called The Patriot about us starred an Aussie. That pisses me off. You know that pisses me off. It upset me when Black Hat was like, let's choose Chris Hemsworth. Every time, what about Moby Dick? Every time they do this, and it happens with Brits all the time. Never mind. I'm not going to get in there. Hey, I'm saying I'm this. not going there. They come after Pick an American actor Hamlet. to play an American hero. That's my only thing. I'm just saying, Kevin, when they come after our Hamlet, a.k.a. Batman, and we can't get an American in Batman. Christian Bale? It's like, come on. There's got to be a guy that can play it in America. And they said, you know what? When we bring back Batman, we'll give it to Robert Pattinson. And I go, wait. <sighs> no. That's not bad. Us. why Spider-Man is a Brit. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? That's why Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Hands down. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, He's very good. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go over that. I would tell you, though, though, <laughs> we got angrier there than I thought we would about movie choices. Well, I'm just saying, dude. Miles Teller was there. He was there. <laughs> Having his yes. normal fun. Not... That was great. I was like, I don't know a distinguishing characteristic about Miles Teller, but I know he's there. Uh, Justin Bieber, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Dave Chappelle oh, was there. Dave Chappelle was there. They kept saying they were like mm-hmm. Joe Rogan's friend. It's like we all know who fucking Dave Chappelle is. Stop introducing right. him as Joe Rogan's friend. We, he was, that we is, know he was on the, the show. Funniest. That's not how he's known. He's Dave fucking Chappelle. So stop it. Sorry. That's that? the most infuriating thing to me is that mm. Dave Chappelle, arguably the greatest comedian of all time, is known as I'm going to make you eat elk penis guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so can I just say, like, I, recently I he, of the Joe Rogan podcast? It's like that is not how he's known. I think it would be akin to in the future when they talk about me and my jujitsu and they introduce Tim Spriggs, they're going to be like, oh, that's Rafa Sparza's friend from jujitsu. <laughs> Everybody knows. Tim Spriggs because of Raf Esparza. Duh, that's what happens there. I think what it ended up being is is they're doing a comedy tour together and they had a couple nights over at Vegas. And I think that is actually a marketing tactic that says if you like Chappelle, you might like Joe Rogan. Because those stand-up acts are going to be exactly the same. He said, exiting the room. I will yeah. tell you this. Joe Rogan is... Very good at, well, you know, he's good. It, it's, there's a discussion now that's happening with people, like, discovering that Joe Rogan might not be the person they think he is on commentary. I think all things considered, he's still better than everybody else. But, like, do we get flashes of him kind of like, who's this guy again? I'm just going to talk. But that's what happens to old people. They fucking start doing whatever they want to do. And that's why DC being there is a bad influence. And don't get me wrong. Definitely yelled at my TV a lot while listening to DC do commentary. Anyway, I think that's the reason why you ended up hearing Joe Rogan, best friend of Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Forget all of his real friends. They're on tour now. Get your tickets, kids. Kevin, what does Tim now have to do after losing this bet? Well, he already does his thing. No one's trying to get in the way of Tim Spriggs, nor sure. do we have the um, capacity. I was going to say, uh, base game, bottom game, you pick it. None of us are getting in the way of Tim Spriggs. But what we were going to ask is that if you could just, as you're demonstrating a move in your normal brand, maybe give a dedication out to your favorite verbal tap. How do you elicit it? How do you do it? If somebody was like, Tim, you need to get this person to verbally tap, how would Tim Spriggs go about it? Maybe show it to us as a tribute video. I'm down. Sounds good to me. Appreciate that. And you Tim, seem like someone, no offense, that does have a small golf bag of, I need to make this person verbally say it out loud. Tap. You just do seem like you have that skill set. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> See? We definitely have seen it live. I know I've commentated maybe an event where that might have happened. I would tell you, though, um, it is very interesting to see where this leads to us. But there's one thing we didn't talk about the last time you were here. So before we give this a close, Tim, why do I turn on professional wrestling television and still not see you involved in some way? <laughs> it's a process, man. It's a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a long process. But be patient. Okay. You may just, see me sooner than you think. Okay. All right. I'm just saying because I feel like you are one of those folks who could. So when other people, like you mentioned, Carlos Condit just decides one day, you know what? I think I'm doing this, this whole grappling thing. That's what happens with pro wrestling. When people go, you know what? Pro wrestling, I can do that. And then you see more Goldbergs. I don't need more Goldbergs. I like technicians. I like people who know how to use a microphone. You have been doing that. You have been building that brand. So I'm just saying. Not like I have control over anything. But. You'll, <laughs> you'll see me sooner than you think. Trust me. Okay, I'm just. Okay, great. I'm glad that you're able to plug that. Because 
I will willingly pay money to boo, cheer, whatever I feel in the mood on that day. Because if you're a bad guy, I don't think I can boo you. I actually think if you're a bad guy, I actually have to cheer for you. It's a very strange process. I have to get a vibe of the crowd. <laughs> Listen, Tim, I'm really glad that you came on the past couple of weeks to chat with us. Um, remind the people where they can go. I know they can support you on Patreon. Tell them where they can go and where they can see clips of your stuff as well, sir. You guys can catch me at Tim Spriggs BJJ on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, we can also see me at BJJ Goose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're interested in uh, learning from me privately, uh, or I can come to your academy, go to timspriggsbjj.com. I do virtual and in-person coaching. Kevin, do you have any departing words, maybe something that will teach Tim a lesson as he continues to do betting on live events in the future? Um, I do have departing words. It's not about anything you just said. Hey, when you're trying to keep side control, Tim, where do you put that right hand? How do you keep those skinny guys from getting that knee in? Is this inappropriate, Raph? If I blended it's, in, sorry, he started talking I, about I, online I, I training. Feel, it was like, well, might yeah. as well ask him a question while he's here. I don't um, know that I can allow this, but okay. <laughs> well, again, skinny dudes, uh, it's not about whether it's my right or left. I look at jujitsu as like where my hand is closest to their body. So if I'm going against a skinny dude that keeps on putting their knee in between mm -hmm. side control, mm -hmm. I take whatever shoulders by his face and put it in his jaw, like third point pressers in his jaw so they can't turn and look at me. And then my hand that's closest to their legs it goes on the near side, the side I'm on, and I place it right by their hip so there's no space. So then I'm just breaking their jaw and holding position and keeping them from getting the side control until I can get points. And then I decide what I want to do to them. Typically, slide my shin across their waist to mount. Well, to both you and Raf, thank you for the help in answering that question. <laughs> just a tiny little... Oh, hold on. wrestler that keeps getting his right knee in. I needed some help. Thank you. It was very nice that you put me in the same mention of him, but I'm pretty sure he gave you an actual answer you would get it, it on a, a payment scotch, version. It was a scotch. I, yeah, I won't I lie. I legitimately just said, where the fuck's your other hand? And I told him this, and I was just like, why are you monitoring him? And he just goes, oh, I don't know. I haven't done that. I was like, who doesn't monitor? It's been a while. I'm <laughs> My heart is. Give him a break. He's been on lockdown. He hasn't been able to practice it. Hey, yeah, uh, just a uh, big shout out to Tim Spriggs for joining the podcast tip thank you so much and hey thanks for having me fellas it's been a blast raf and we are done the number you have dialed has been changed the new number is, please note, the new number is 347-8.